0: So i also show 296, blogging from multiple income streams, how a part-time blog created a diverse revenue engine and a full-time business. If you want to start a blog of your own, check out my free video series at blogstartercourse.com. I'll show you step-by-step how blogs make money and how to get your site online for less than you might think. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because you can get everything you want in life if you can just help enough other people get what they want. And of course, hat tip to the great Zig Ziglar for that one. I feel like this is the most important project I've ever worked on. That's how Mike Resica described his blog to me, And I can attest, it's a great privilege to get to work every day on something you consider your most important project. Mike runs youngarchitect.com, a blog, a podcast, and a community for young professionals in the architecture field. But by helping that community get what they want, he's been able to take Young Architect from a part-time blog into a full-time operation with a bunch of different income streams, starting with affiliate commissions and going all the way up to speaking gigs, live events, and his own products and services. So stick around in this episode to hear how Mike grew the blog into the business it is today, how it rings the cash register in at least half a dozen different ways, and the strategies you may be able to lift for your own project. There are definitely a couple I'm thinking of borrowing myself. Notes and links for this one are at sidehustlenation.com Mike. While you're there, you'll be able to find the full highlight reel summary of our conversation as well. So definitely check it out. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is also brought to you by FreshBooks. I rely on FreshBooks.com when I need to send an invoice to clients or advertisers. And I know I'm just scratching the surface of what the award-winning cloud accounting software can do, but know this, more than 10 million customers trust FreshBooks to keep their admin and paperwork in check. And 97% of small business owners, myself included, would recommend it to a friend. Visit FreshBooks.com slash SideHustle to start your 30-day completely free trial today with no credit card required. That's FreshBooks.com slash side hustle, and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this call with Mike after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. I got into architecture when I was about 20,
1: 21 years old. I'd always struggled with school growing up. I was a special ed student. I couldn't, I barely graduated high school. I couldn't pass a standardized test on writing, which is ironic because today I actually write about a standardized test for architects. But I really struggled with school until I got to architecture school. When I was about 20 years old, I landed a job uh, working for an interior design company. And I realized I had a lot of skills that I'd never tapped into before, like thinking three dimensionally. I didn't know I loved to draw. And I'm just, I've always been a highly creative person. And so I went to architecture school and I started working. When the time came to work on my architect exams, I really struggled in a pretty serious way. It was a seven part exam. I don't know. I failed it like four times. I worked my ass off and I felt like by the time I got to the finish line through this whole process, I had just followed so much bad information. You know, I I really questioned why, where were the people that weren't so far ahead of me and how come they weren't helping create more licensed architects? I felt like I watched all of my friends stumble through this whole process. And by the time I had my architecture license, I was really the only person out of all my peers to actually get to the finish line. And I just felt like I'd watched hundreds of people really struggle with this whole process. After I had my license in hand, I just I needed a creative project to work on. You know, I got into architecture because I I like to make things. I like to put stuff out. But studying for these exams was none of that whatsoever. It was all about following rules and thinking inside the box and not being creative. And so I started the blog youngarchitect.com right after my exams were over. And it was really about helping other people in the architecture profession kind of figure out how to navigate their way. From graduating architecture school until becoming a licensed
0: architect. So I didn't realize there's (laughs) graduating the school, graduating, you know, with an architecture degree. It's not good enough. That's not official. Like you have to go through this separate licensing process.
1: Yeah. And I also don't believe everyone needs to go through it. I needed to go through it because I knew for a very long time I wanted to become a practicing licensed architect. And I also needed closure on it. Legally, you can't call yourself an architect unless you are a licensed architect. And so it was—it was for me. I don't—I don't believe it needs to be for everyone. There was a lot of people who graduate architecture school who are making a hell of a lot more money than I am who are not licensed architects. It's a process that you have to go through.
0: Okay, fair enough. Okay, so that's kind of the inspiration. I needed a creative outlet. I needed a creative project. And on top of that is kind of a pain point. Well, while, while you were going through the—is it architecture registry exam? What's the ARE? Yeah,
1: it's the Architect Registration Exam
0: saying, why is there not better resources out here to help people study and pass this thing?
1: Absolutely. So I started blogging with kind of sharing my story. It took me four and a half years to complete this process. I had to take a year and a half off in the middle of it because of a recession, but I still worked my ass off for three years and just a really focused and intense studying. And I failed four tests along the way. And I realized when I started telling that story, I was really the first person to share that story of what this process was because there was so much information out there but in some ways, it was doing the profession a disservice because there are all these articles like, look at this guy, you know, he passed his exams in six months and he has five kids. And they'd be like, look at this lady. She did it in in seven months and she had a baby in the middle of it. So there was all this information out there that really led me and a lot of other people to believe that these, these exams are easy. And then once we start working on it, I very quickly realized that all the skills that I had that brought me success in architecture school, like being creative and being a problem solver and a thinker and a designer were really working against me as I was moving through my exams. And in some ways, it handicapped me with getting to the finish line. And so I started to share my story and how I studied and the books that I used and the things that I did to get me to the finish line. And it just resonated with people in a pretty serious way.
0: Was there a moment after you started blogging where you were like, okay, this thing is starting to see some traction? Was that in the form of Google Analytics traffic or blog comments? Or like, how did you know that it was working?
1: You know, I had monetized the blog from day one. I was talking about books and resources that I used on Amazon. So why not set up the Amazon Associates program and collect some revenue with that? So I was starting to make some money with the site. And I remember it was shortly after I started YoungArchitect.com and I was starting to gain traction with it. I actually discovered Nick Loper in the side Hustle show. And I remember you telling me back in the day, I was like, I can't believe it. I made $250 last month with Amazon associates by recommending books for the architect exam. And and you were like, you know what? If you could make two hundred and fifty dollars, like what if you could a website can scale? What if you could just up your traffic and drive more people and help more resources? And so it started to come in, you know, I started to traffic started to come in. I started to be acknowledged by the larger architecture community. People started sharing the site on social media. I'm really I spend a lot of time on social media. So I was working almost just as hard as I was blogging, as as I was writing, trying to drive traffic into the site. I ended up writing so much and getting such a positive feedback, I ended up putting out a book, a little black book called How to Pass the Architect Registration Exam. It started as some of the blog content. I actually took down a bunch of blog content, put it in the book, and then I ended up writing a lot more. And what started to happen was people would read that book and then start reaching out to me and saying, Mike, listen, I need your help, man. I got to pass these tests and I want to hire you. I want you to coach me. And I don't care what it costs, my office will pay for it, but I I really need to become a licensed architect. And so for a little while, I said, yeah, that's great, but I don't want to do that. The problem with these tests is that everyone's on an island, no one's talking to each other. And if someone was to just hire me to coach them one on one, really what needs to happen is people need to be communicating and working with each other. And so after, as more people kept asking, I said, you know what, let's create like a group coaching program, you know, in architecture school. We all went to school together. There was a community, a group of people. We were all working on design projects and everyone had their own project, but we were all kind of came together once a week and uh, see what we could learn from each other. And so I said, let's just use the model of the design studio. The same way we went to architecture school, let's study for the architect exam. I'll create the syllabus, the schedule, the program, the milestones, and then you guys go study. And then let's once a week have a meeting and let's see what we can learn from each other and help each other pass these tests.
0: Okay. So that that was something that, you know, your readers would have been familiar with because it's like, oh, you're used to working in teams from school. So it's like, let's continue that tradition.
1: Yeah. So as soon as I say, it's like a design studio, but for the architect exam, everyone gets it immediately because we all went to school that way for like five years, five or six years.
0: Your group coaching program. Yeah.
1: So I created this program in September of 2015. And this idea of helping people study for their exams within a group of people and working together through this process as a community, just right away, this idea just worked really well. And I've been running this program ever since.
0: Yeah, you've had hundreds of people go through it at this point. It's been a wild ride. It's been a
1: lot of fun, too. And I've always treated it as an experiment. I'm constantly trying out new things with the program. I keep what works. I get rid of what doesn't. But I was I realized the other day it was like it's like that movie The Groundhog's Day where the guy keeps living the same day over and over again. But for me, it's 10 weeks long. I've helped so many people over the course of 10 weeks go through and get started with their exams. I've learned so much about how to go through this process.
0: It's a 10-week program. What was the price point you threw on that? It
1: started off at like $300 when I didn't know what I was doing. And it's up now to about $650, $700.
0: Nice. So starting out, Amazon Associates, starting to see some traction, a couple hundred bucks a month, thinking now I can scale this because you're sharing your story, the books, and the resources that you're using to pass the exam. I've seen some posts on your site. And I sent you a picture because we had Iggy Peck, architect from the yeah. library. And I was like, hey, you should include this on your blog. And he's like, I'm way ahead of you, man. I published that years ago. So, like, you know, gift ideas, like best gifts for architects, best architecture books for kids. Like there's some affiliate related, you know, revenue opportunities in that space. Anything else on the affiliate front?
1: Yeah, I felt like a couple years into Young Architect, I felt like I was sick of telling my story. I felt like I'd told it a million times. I felt like the blog had, had provided me so many opportunities to meet p- amazing people all around the country who are doing amazing things. And eventually I said, you know what, I want to take the focus off of me. And I ended up creating a podcast, the Young Architect Podcast, which is an interview style podcast to essentially, let's look at this guy that's doing amazing things in the world for the architecture community. But, you know, oftentimes there's a little guy that doesn't get recognized. And so I've started interviewing a lot of up and coming, amazing young architects in a podcast interview style format, similar to the side hustle show. And I've monetized that through sponsorships. I've reached out to a bunch of companies that are aligned with kind of the young architect mission and asked them to sponsor their show. And I give them a quick minute or two minute commercial at the beginning of the show. So I've monetized it with sponsorships for the podcast.
0: Okay, nice. Is that other companies that are related to passing this exam? Or is it
1: yeah, I got the National Council, the big architect registration board, to sponsor the show and promote some of their their online community. I got uh, different conferences. I got a company that does continuing education. A variety of different sponsors, people that make study materials and stuff like that.
0: Okay. So we got the, the affiliate stuff on the site, the sponsorships on the podcast. You mentioned your books, How to Pass the Architecture Exam. Was that sold through your site on like a higher price point or was that sold on Amazon? Yeah, it was. Ex- or, or Kindle, I Yeah,
1: say. it started as CreateSpace. I did a CreateSpace thing. So it was on Amazon. And then I decided to undercut Amazon and I sell it on my own because I could buy the books for a couple bucks a piece. I'll just give you all the numbers. So the book sells, it's on Amazon for like $45. I only get like $20. But I could buy the book in bulk for three or four bucks a piece. So I started buying them in bulk. And you can buy it cheaper from me on my website. And I'll just mail it to you. And and I make more money in the long run. So I started doing that. Uh, eventually I realized that the book that I wrote, there's so much stuff that you have to read for the architect exam. And really my book is more of a conversation. So I ended up recording it as an audio book and selling the MP3 files on my site. And I also sell it as a PDF. If you want to download the PDF and print it out in the office computer, that's okay as well. So I do that as well. (laughs) So I sell in three different forms
0: and that's worked out really well for me. Today, what percentage of revenue would you estimate that to be?
1: Maybe five or 10%.
0: OK, so it's a piece of the pie. Yeah. Another thing that I recently
1: started working on is I've created what's called a Young Architect Academy, where me and a bunch of people from my ARE boot camp are started teaching different topics about the architect exam. It was, you know, my role in all this has always been more of a coach rather than a teacher. But now I'm starting to really step into the role of a teacher and providing educational information about how to pass these exams. And so we've been recording videos. We've only been doing this for about a month, but I've had a really positive feedback. So I've got like four or five 90-minute videos that I've been selling for about 10 bucks a piece. There's been a real need for more video information for this type of uh, exam. So I've I've been starting to create some of that content as well.
0: Oh, okay. What's the platform that you're using to host that stuff? I use Thinkific, yeah. And I just keep creating more and more little courses. Okay, so the Young Architect Academy, that's something that's getting built out now. And and I saw a handful of courses up there. And so I imagine that uh, portfolio will grow. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts. And it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like A N D S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor brands. Are you still doing like if, if somebody contacts you to design them a building, are you still doing that kind of work? Oh man.
1: If they contact me to do a simple, easy little project, I'll say yes. But if it's, you know, we're thinking about building a house and we want you to be the architect. I've got to turn stuff like that down. I can't, I got too many other moving, I got too many irons in the fires. I recently did a little a little project for Lululemon out here in New York, but it was a simple little thing and I, and I got it done. But uh, right now, yeah, it's, a little, it's mostly consulting stuff. I got a bunch of friends that work for firms and every once in a while, someone will reach out and say, Mike, I got this big project. I need you. I need a little extra muscle. Can you come in and help me get some drawings done or help me with this part of it? And I'll do stuff like that. But I'm not actively chasing after trying to grow a design a design practice right now.
0: Well, it doesn't sound like you need to. So that's that's probably better. You can reach more people or help more people doing these other products and services.
1: Yeah. I'm really social and interactive. And so it's been, you know, what I've been doing a lot of well, since I, I, about a year ago, I left Portland, Oregon. I, I lived in Portland for about 10 years after architecture school. And about a year ago, I came back to New York. And since I've been back in New York, I've been doing lots of public speaking. I didn't, it was kind of a silly way. I didn't realize my whole audience, my whole young architect audience is really on the East coast. And I was out in Portland, Oregon, in some ways isolated from all the people that were reading my, my website. And so since I've been back on the East coast, I've just been doing lots of lectures and public speaking. And as the winter started to unwind, I realized how much I disliked cold weather. And I said, you know what? I want to go down to Florida. And I ended up setting up a speaking tour. I left February 20th and I was back in New York on March 20th. So over the course of 30 days, I drove from New York down to Miami, over to New Orleans, and then up to Indianapolis, and then back to New York. And I gave like 26 lectures in 22 cities over the course of 30 days,
0: how did you manage to line all that stuff up? That sounds like a daunting logistical project.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Kind of funny because I teach re boot camp on Sunday, Monday nights. So I laid it all out in a spreadsheet with the calendar. And I said, oh, here's my Sunday, Monday nights. I can do a lectures, but I can do them. They have to be during the day. And then I started looking at the map and just plotting out cities and measuring distances. You know, how far is this city from that city? And can I drive it? And then I created this very broad itinerary. And I wrote a blog post and I drew it on a map and I created a blog post and said, this is what I want to do. I want to give a lecture on this city on this day. And if you live here, if you work for a firm or if you're part of a, an architecture chapter or an architecture school, here's a Google form, fill out the Google form and I'll get in touch and we'll set up a lecture. Because I'm doing this, I, I said like, you know, I'd like to get paid 150, 200 bucks. I'll show up in your city, I'll do a lecture and I'll fly and fly out. And so then all these people started reaching out, and I started connecting with everyone on on the phone. We set up all these lectures. One of my good friends started with me in New York, and he traveled all the way down to New Orleans with us. But me and my Labrador retriever, we drove around America and visited all these architects and ended up giving a crazy whirlwind of lectures and really kind of meeting lots and lots of people all over the country. And so I was giving lectures about, I have three lectures, getting started with the architect exam, which is what I've learned helping people get started studying for their exams. I have another lecture I give called Entrepreneurship for Young Architects. And it's really about what's entrepreneurial thinking. It's not about starting a design business or selling services. It's really, uh, there's three concepts I hammer on. It's trading your time for dollars. It's finding a problem, solving it, and monetizing it. And the third one is creating multiple streams of income. Rather than having all your eggs in one basket, making money one different way. If there was a recession and there's no architecture projects, there's a million other things to work on. And I kind of tell my story with creating the business that I created and how I I always focused on trading my time for dollars, solving problems and creating multiple streams of income. And so I got that lecture and then I do a, a, a workshop for people that are taking the exams about how to solve questions and how to rip them apart and how to how to really pass these questions on the test.
0: And it's the different venues or the organizers or the attendees that are paying you the speaking fee?
1: Yeah, a variety. I usually didn't charge students. Uh, There's a lot of student organizations. They don't have any money to begin with. So I said, you know what? Use the money to send people to conferences. But it was a lot of the firms or the larger chapters, the older people. Yeah, they would write me check. And it was kind of a crazy thing. You know, I just kind of announced that I'm going to show up in your city and I'm going to give a lecture and you're going to pay me for it. And it worked. I was even kind of surprised that it worked. So it was a phenomenal trip. I made so many connections and I met so many amazing people. And then last week, we I mean, last week I was here in New York and we had the large architecture conference and there were just so many people I had met on that trip who were now here hanging out in New York. And it was, it was a great network builder for me.
0: Yeah, well, it's a testament to the network that you've built, the name that you've built for yourself inside the community. And like you said, hey, I'm a social person. I'm on social media. People know who the young architect is. And I think that, undoubtedly helped you know fill up that calendar I'm curious outside of the social media and kind of becoming known in these different communities like what else has been driving traffic for you or is blog traffic not a concern anymore
1: it is in an interesting way If we're gonna talk blog traffic I feel like it's plateaued I feel like in a weird way I've hit the upper limit of how much I'm gonna get and I've done so many things to try to get more SEO traffic and different different things but I, I don't know, it's I, for a long time, it was up and up and up and up. And then for the past two years, I feel like it's plateaued. I've been kind of in a weird space. But that's okay. You know, I've monetized it. There's some, many more projects going on. And yeah, I don't know. It's been interesting. So so other ways that I bring in traffic is I, I think word of mouth is one of my biggest referrals for people that sign up for my program, for people that, that read my website, for buy my products. It's the word of mouth. I'm online talking about what I do all the time. And I always tell everyone else, if you want to help me, the best thing you can do is just spread the word about what I do and, and what I put out there. Uh, when other people talk about what I've created, I feel like it has 10 times more value than when I'm saying it.
0: Yeah, of course. Let let the readers do the marketing for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. One thing I noticed that looked like a new addition to the site was the Young Architect Job Board. Is that another revenue stream for you?
1: Yeah, last summer. <laughs> I got so many emails from people saying, hey, Mike, our firm's trying to hire. Will you tell everyone that we're trying to hire and to send us their resumes? And I was like, no, leave me alone. Like, stop. I'm not going to pimp out my audience to you. And then eventually one of my friends was, and I was like complaining about it. I was like, this is like the third email this week. And eventually they're like, why don't you just start a job board and let them just go there and do it? And I was like, oh my God, that's a brilliant idea. And so I created a job board on the site for companies that are hiring to connect with young architecture people who are looking for jobs. And really, my goal right now has been to just get it active and to drive traffic in it. And I recently hired an amazing assistant. And so what we've been doing is is we her and I have been looking on all the different job boards around the country, finding companies that are hiring and essentially reaching out and saying, hey, listen, we want to promote your job ad on our job board and help you just get more applicants and uh just let us know if it'd be good. And if they say yes, then we put together the whole job ad and put their jobs on the website. I've been trying to just drive traffic in. And then you know my goal is to just get people using this job board and getting used to using it and get traffic to it, get regular visitors. And then I'm gonna start monet slowly start to monetize it after it's kind of taken on a life of its own. But right now it's just been about trying to just serve the community and to build out this other, I guess, source of revenue. I've definitely invested more time and energy than it's made as far as income goes at this point, but...
0: It's a long-term play. Okay. At what point did you feel comfortable quitting your job and taking this thing full-time?
1: I got to the point where something needed to give for several years. I was working 80-hour weeks. I was working 40-hour a week in the office. And then on nights and weekends, I was blogging. I was working on all the Young Architect stuff. I was writing. I was even back in the day when I was working full time, I had a uh, fulfillment by Amazon. I, every day when I'd walk home from work, I would walk through City Target and see what they were selling at 70% off. And then I'd be like, oh, look at these oven mitts. I could buy them, they're selling on, on Amazon for $65 and I could buy them for five. And then they have 20 of them. And then so I'd buy all this stuff and I'd bring it home and I would catalog it and I'd throw it in a box and I'd mail it to Amazon. It would become a prime item. And when it would sell, they would ship it off to the person two days. And in a weird way, and a lot of entrepreneurial books never talk about this, but what I had done, and I didn't realize it at the time, was I found a cash cow that would finance this project, this young architect project. Because for the first couple of years, I was you know, stumbling trying to figure out a blog and wasting money on things that I didn't need and just trying to hack my way through this until it became profitable. And I definitely invested lots and lots of money into Young Architect before it really made any money. But I was using all the money I made from this silly Amazon business to finance that. So I had financed Young Architect through this stupid Amazon business.
0: Why why do you call it stupid?
1: Because I didn't like doing it, Nick. I was good at it. I've been selling stuff on Craigslist and eBay and Amazon my whole life. Yeah. Yeah it was physical labor for me. And mentally, I was my brain was somewhere else. I was not trying. I didn't enjoy it. It was a job. It was a side hustle job to finance my side hustle passion project. (laughs) Okay. But that also helped me create a lot of some cash in my pocket. So if Young Architect was making money, but it wasn't making enough to pay all my bills, but I was able to subsidize it with the Amazon business. And, you know, eventually, I got to the point where I started to see a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel where this could become my full-time job and it was really about the time when i I hired a business coach and we spent a lot of time figuring out how do i turn young architect into a full-time job and that was where the idea of the area boot camp came from like it's like mike you got all these people asking for your attention and they want you to help them study how do we turn it into some kind of a product or a service that could then subsidize and essentially help you make young architect a full-time gig and so I created that. And then there was a lot of drama going on at my day job. I'd also felt like at my day job, I had climbed the ladder as high as I was going to get. I felt like I wasn't growing anymore at my day job. I needed something else. I wasn't men- mentally being stimulated. So it was, it was kind of time for me to step away.
0: Fair enough. It sounds like things have only taken off since then. And I'm excited to see everything that you've built. Hey entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards Plus sign up for Hertz business rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards applies to base rate taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. I mean, knowing what you know now, anything you would have done differently or trying to accelerate things? Not really.
1: I have no regrets, really. I think in seeing the bigger picture, I think starting that finding a way to finance this passion project was one of the smartest things I, I could have done. And I didn't realize I was doing it when I did it. But just having that extra cash, because I feel like it accelerated things a lot faster. But yeah, I think I, you know, maybe I could have gotten into public speaking a little sooner. But no, no, not really. I think generally speaking, I've been very, I've been super blessed and super grateful for how everything's turned out. When I look back five years ago, which would be 2013, I was still working on my exams at that point. I could not have dreamed and imagined what would have happened uh, and how fast all this stuff could have just, you know, I felt like I opened one door and walked through and then all of a sudden a bunch of other doors opened. And so I'm just been super blessed that all this stuff happened the way it did.
0: Yeah, I imagine it can feel like a slog while you're in it. But then to look back and say, man, it was only five years ago. I was in a completely different place. That's got to be very rewarding. What's been kind of exciting for me, just, you know, observing from the outside is to watch this process of experimentation and trying stuff out and adding products and services on and just what started with a blog and it's turned into, you know, a full-time thing with all these different projects and revenue streams. It just goes to show. It's another example of, you know, the best opportunities really becoming visible once you're in motion. Yeah, absolutely. What's next? What's got you excited these days?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things. Recently, so last week, we here in New York City, we had the big architecture conference where, I don't know, 40,000 architects show up for this big conference. It's huge. I go every year. And I ended up, every year I go to the same, it's called the closing party. It's this, this crappy party with a, they always get some lousy DJ, they always get some lousy musical act and it's like a rubber chicken, two drink ticket dinner and so I said, you know what? I don't want to go to this party this year. I'm going to have my own party. So I ended up throwing a huge party. And when I was organizing, I was like, yeah, it'll be about 70 to 100 people. And so I set up an Eventbrite. Set up an Eventbrite. It's like, I need you guys to RSVP. I'm going to have my own party instead of going to the big party. And I hooked the Eventbrite up to my email list. So everyone that signed up for the Eventbrite, I use Zapier. They automatically got put on my email list. And then 700 people RSVP'd for my party. Oh, wow. And so we threw this party. And it was just a huge success. Tons of people showed up and it was a phenomenal party. It was the best party, of the whole conference. And so next year they're having the conference in Las Vegas. I'm going to, I'm going way bigger. I'm going <laughs> to rent out a,
0: a nightclub. And a, bigger than 700. I'm going to, I'm going
1: to send uh, we're going to sell tickets to it. And so I'm planning this big party. And then for the past year or two, I've been kicking around this idea of doing like a young architect conference and, you know, bringing a bunch of really great speakers in and just having my own. I go to so many conferences and I have so many opinions about how to do a conference and what works and what doesn't. What if I created my own conference? And so I'm thinking about, I'm just getting I'm in the early, early phases of this planning, August, 2019, doing a, a young architect conference, probably in Portland, Oregon. So I'm just getting started with kind of realizing what that looks like and what needs to happen.
0: I like it. Keep leveling up, going for your own events. If you don't like the ones that are out there, hey, you know, throw your own. If you don't like the parties that are out there, throw your own. Man, 700 RSVPs. Hopefully the venue was <laughs> not breaking any fire codes and was able to handle that. There was
1: At one point, there was a line down the street <laughs> to get into my party. And, but all night long, it was just a great, yeah, we had a really good time.
0: Yeah, to bring the community together with You know, and to be the organizer of that, like that's going to be a cool place to be for sure. So youngarchitect.com is where you can find more about, Mike. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation.
1: Yeah. So my number one tip for Side Hustle Nation is to just start taking action and to stop sitting around thinking about how it would work. This is really my whole story. Everything I started, started a blog and it became a book and then it became a program and then it became a podcast. And then all these doors started opening. And I felt like if I was to sit down and plan all this stuff out, it's so easy to, th- to plan, but it's so hard to take action. And through and there's also been a handful of projects that haven't gone anywhere and have fallen flat on their face. But it's always, you know, let's figure I've always just taken action and just adjusted course as necessary. And that's really given me the, the information I need to figure out what needs to happen. But so take action instead of sitting around planning.
0: Does that bother you as an architect? It seems like a profession that like really thrives on the plan.
1: No, I mean, I've always liked to make stuff and to put things out there. I still get excited about writing blog posts and and publishing them uh, and creating content. So it's always been I've always been a very action based person, which just see what works and let's get some data and then make decisions about how to move forward.
0: Yeah, I agree. Start taking action today. You know, you never know where that's going to lead you. I feel I'm in a happier place when I'm doing that creative work uh, as well. So I'm, I love it, Mike. YoungArchitect.com, thanks again for joining me. We'll catch up soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Nick. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Mike. Actually, before we get into that, so I've known Mike since 2014 when he became one of the charter members of the now on hiatus sign hustle nation inner circle mastermind group and i knew he was doing well when i sent him a note prior to recording this and he was like let me cc my assistant and uh, you know we'll get something on the calendar so i was like man look at you it's exciting to see how far he's come So takeaway number one is you're expert enough. On the surface, Mike, who admitted to being a pretty poor student and even failing four of his architecture registration exams, doesn't necessarily seem like the poster child to be writing about this stuff online. But it was having gone through that struggle and come out on the other side that makes him expert enough to guide others through the process. It's like if you were hiring a personal trainer, do you want the guy who's a natural athlete where everything just comes easy and he couldn't gain weight if he tried? Or do you want the guy who used to be 50 pounds overweight and overcame some serious challenges? I would argue he's got a much better understanding of you know, what you want to accomplish and what it's going to take to get there. So expert enough. You don't need to be the world's foremost expert on your topic because to the people who are coming behind you, they just need a guide who's done it before and lived to tell about it. And over time, you really do become an expert. For example, I certainly know a lot more about the side hustle economy and opportunities now than when I started this project. But I figured I was expert enough to get started and then kept learning as I went. So that's takeaway number one, you're expert enough. Takeaway number two is to stack revenue streams. A lot of people think, I'm going to build this website, get some traffic, and I'm going to make money from ads or affiliate clicks. And that's a perfectly fine way to start. That's a great way to start. But as Mike just showed us, if he'd stopped there, he'd have been leaving a ton of money and opportunity to help people on the table. So he kept leveling up his revenue stack to offer more and more value to his readers and to his community. Those additional income streams aren't always visible when you're starting out, but they come from engaging with the audience and finding out the content that resonates and where they need the most help. I think Mike's done an excellent job of serving the needs of his audience. And remember, we started this episode with Zig Ziglar. You can get anything you want if you help enough other people get what they want. Words to live by in blogging and in business in general. That's takeaway number two, to stack revenue streams. And takeaway number three, a little bit of a softer one, is to look at it as a creative outlet. That's where young architects started for Mike. He said, I needed a creative outlet. And that's how I started blogging too. I'd already quit my job and was running my online affiliate shoe business full-time, but writing the blog was a creative outlet. It was fun. And years later, That blog morphed into the Side Hustle Nation blog and podcast, and it's still fun. Of course it is. So I think if you can start your project with the attitude of, hey, this is a fun, creative thing to do on the side, and maybe profit opportunities present themselves down the road, I think you'll set yourself up more likely to stick with it for the long haul if you look at it as a creative outlet. But what do you think? Let me know in the comments for this episode at SideHustleNation.com slash Mike. And if you visit blogstartercourse.com, you'll find my free video course on how to get your blog up and running in no time. Now, side note, Mike mentioned his Amazon FBA retail arbitrage side hustle that was the silent partner that was funding the development of Young Architect. If you'd like to learn more about how that works, check out my conversation with Ryan Grant in episode 260. That would be sidehustlenation.com/260 or you can just scroll down to episode 260 in your podcast player feed but that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.